Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. My name is Raul Vega. You can find me on all social media at Rose Drive Podcast. That's the show that I run. Um, and I actually happen to work out on the score for Man of Steel as a sample developer for Hans Zimmer. Perfect. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thank you guys for having me again. <laughs> All right, well, today, what are we talking about? Minute number one, uh, 22. Uh, the minute's going to start out with uh, Zod, you know, going back to the scene. General Zod. General Zod. That's general to you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no uh, excuses excuse in lapses of decorum at this point. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're right. That's good. Um, all right, well, general... Zod is holding out the ashes, you know, starting to to say the very iconic, uh, in my opinion, one of another one of my favorite scenes and minutes of this entire movie. Um, and the minute's going to end with a you know cow flying backwards after a Zod Titan shoulder charge. What'd you say? It's General Zod. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This um, yeah, this this whole minute is General Zod's uh, final monologue. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the difference between a monologue and a soliloquy, so. <laughs> but it's one of those, right? It's a, it's a, it's this his big villain speech, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that it's it's all contained in this minute, right? This is yeah. This is this is right up there with minute number. What did I say it was? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. It was 17. yeah. <laughs> this whole minute uh, is one contained moment of General Zod, and it's probably like one of the best contained minutes uh, that we have uh, mm-hmm. on the show, and. Um, I, I really enjoy it because it, it's such an important moment, not just for General Zod uh, and, and this movie, but just when it comes to writing a villain in yeah. general. Like, I think... It's engaging everybody. Yeah, in, what's written here is is one of the most important things because, um, you know, Shannon's delivery of his lines, uh, I wrote, really makes Zod seem like such a strong character, not just physically. And, like it, like, this convinces you that, you know, like, to, maybe to some degree that his motivation uh, is valid. It's not oh, wrong. Yeah. I mean, you like know? you still have to take in consideration. Like he has emotions. You know, we always talk about like them being programmed and stuff, but they still got feelings, man. Come on, give it up. He's definitely got some feelings. He's pissed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what did you guys think about this? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, if you don't mind, this this was one of the most powerful scenes I think in the whole movie because this is one absolutely. of this is one of the times that. Oh man, I'm, I may get some flack for this. So <laughs> you kind of feel bad for the guy, you know? Like, oh yeah, it, it, the, the the whole the the very the the empath in me is watching this and looking around and like, you know, like it's clearly defined who who you know is who's the hero, who's the villain. But this whole this whole mm-hmm. monologue. It's just devastating if you th- if you're thinking yeah. about it from his whole perspective, no matter how dark it is. Um, and of course, Michael Shannon is just a brilliant actor. And if you watch it, I mean, the whole story—it's not even in his voice; it's in his eyes. There's just like yeah, there's there's just numbness. There's nothing there, um, and it's cold because he he had everything stripped away from him, just gone. His whole existence. You know, yep. um, it, I mean, it was just that it was it's that was kind of like this was kind of like the perfect minute 
in a sense <laughs> because of the just that <laughs> it just kind of summed everything yeah. up you know um absolutely, absolutely. um hey, you, uh some opening thoughts on on this minute um what do i have here my notes are leg- legible um you say electrical electrical yeah this minute is electrical yeah you got it's like a 90s it. review of, of a movie boogie 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 <laughs> um that's, is that a, is, could you use that adjective? That movie was electrical. <laughs> Go see it. <laughs> it's like something you see at a Zoom. Oh my Did God. you watch Zoom? You I don't know what Zoom? Zoom is. Are you kidding me? What is Zoom? I can't. Okay. Look at it. They got we got the internet now. Okay. Um. All right. So he's he talks about um his purpose and and you know this is like we we always we we got in, involved with that when when Jor-El was talking to Cal about how all the Kryptonians have a predestined uh job if you will mm-hmm. um he likes to point out is this where he said this is yeah this is it it's, he, he says it's his soul it's it's everything that's it's you know raul said it too it's it's his entire world it's his existence that just came crashing down but the fact that he he brings about the purpose statement again it kind of you know it brings the audience back to, to for them to realize that these kryptonians actually did you know care care they they actually had a, a you know lives i guess if yeah you will. like they weren't just like i mean we only got to see in the beginning you know the law council and then the military and the sort of route and stuff like that yeah we didn't really see normal you know kryptonian civilians on candor and every, anything like that so like the fact that we have to be reminded of the purpose is that's i took away mo- you know more more about that in this minute um but do you think it's a flaw for Kryptonians to acknowledge that they have a purpose? Does it limit them in a sense? To know that they are somewhat programmed? Like, yeah, but their only purpose is to do this one thing. Zod clearly is, uh, you know, contradicting that because he does anything that he can to fulfill his purpose, be it destroying entire worlds. But what if it was just, uh, I don't know. They have they have writers, maybe. I think in, some people would find um, that's, that's something dumb. What is it like? I, I feel like some people would find uh, uh, at ease knowing that they have like an instructed purpose in life versus not having like any idea what to do with life. Yeah. Like I think it kind of eliminates some existential dread where you're like, nope, this is what you're supposed to do in life, and you're like. Okay, at least I know I'm doing something. But We're then deep here. Yeah, this but then you get like kind of depression mark. That's when it could cry. also <laughs> it could also go back into like some 1984 stuff where you're like, maybe yeah. I don't want to do this in my life. <laughs> which I think that's what Jor-El was kind of that person. He was like that guy who was Absolutely. he was like I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, there's a better, like, we need to fix the way we were or way we are now to back to the way we were. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think uh, they do switch back to Cal's face though when he's explaining this to him, and he's like very like like oh like he's feeling for him. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a question for you. I guess I, I, yeah, I couldn't quite figure out what his face was trying to communicate. It it it, it did it looked. You're right. It did look like he was feeling for him. At the same way, I don't know. Maybe just the pessimist in me thought he was looking kind of more like pathetic. Like he was looking at yeah. him, like he was pathetic. Maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but just because it was kind of like this, really like, oh, you poor thing. Like, yeah, your whole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, absolutely. I have a question mark at the end of uh, it, the look on his face. He feels bad. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> That's like, exactly. Oh,
like i'm sorry like what did you expect yeah <laughs> it's almost like you're expecting more of like a like him to like stand up and just like kind of look at him like very stern and almost right. like you're beaten right like stay down kind yeah of thing. we get that in another movie but hey we can save that yeah yeah I, but i think that's the the kind of right reaction superman should have because i think the superman that's in this film right now he thinks it's over. He thinks, like, the battle's been yeah. won. Like, this is the end of the movie. Like, credits are about to roll after this. You're like, we're going to find a way to lock you <laughs> up. He acknowledges that he's in a movie. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he looks over at Zach. He's like, this is the end of the movie, right? Like, and goes, and goes, scene. Yeah. <laughs> they come, the words come, they come up? Do they come down yeah. or up? They come down or up? Oh, they're coming. They're, they're going to be going down for us, up for them. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I think that he's very much like, all right, he's, he's beaten. I can... He's just kind of gonna be like, like this for for now on. Like he's been beaten. There's no there's no motivation for him to keep attacking, uh, but then there is. So you know he he does do so. Um, Surprise. But I was gonna say like I think it would be wrong of us as an audience to not have a moment where we go, hey, maybe you know Zod's not not you know not wrong to have feelings like this like if we had a villain that was just so static and was like yeah he's the bad guy Mm -hmm. time to kill the bad guy bad guys defeated you know you know he's the bad guy but to to have a a villain like that is i think brings a brings like the wrong kind of mentality just for audiences like so when you leave the theater you always have like this idea of like they're good people and they're bad people like world is black and white and it's like i love a villain like this that makes you question the more gray side of things and like how gray the world actually is when it comes to like who is good, mm-hmm. who is bad, like who like like who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Yeah, we and, talked about that earlier with have it. Well, trying to have it in an earlier scenes of this movie, um, you know, to point out like Zod's got got reason behind what he's doing and you know like trying to turn turn Cal to his side and like yeah, you know, we, we talked about it before in, in previous episodes. Well, I um, so I have this new handy dandy support thing with me it's called man of steel uh it's like the art of the film book it's inside the legendary world of superman it's like the official behind the scenes book and i wanted to read off a couple quotes that they had here for general zod uh from michael shannon and deborah snyder and one of the first quotes comes from uh michael shannon he says i'm not a kryptonian uh but if earth was in such dire straits as krypton what side would you take how would you feel about it would you try to um what would you try to do to stop it from happening? There are some people like Jorel that try and deal with these circumstances in a scientific, compassionate manner, and there are some people that deal with it by force. Um and then coming from Deborah Snyder, she has two really interesting quotes. One is uh is just right off the bat, Zod's not wrong. If the shoe's on the other foot, if you had the chance to save your entire people. You'd have to take it. Mm-hmm. When you're playing for keeps, What's uh, when it's the end of your race, there are no rules. Uh, and then this one is more of just like a guilty pleasure. I like hearing that she said this. She says, in their culture, Zod could have raised Cal. Because after mm-hmm. killing Jor-El, uh, their culture and their honor would show that he would be the one to have to raise him after that. And so we get a dual father kind of thing. Yeah, so we, I think, very early on with our guest Scott Corelli, who said yeah. that although this film is all about fathers, uh, Jonathan Kent and Jor-El, that General Zod uh, could be seen as a third kind of anti-father, yeah. like something that could have been but didn't. Mm-hmm. So 
It's fascinating. Just, I, I never, never thought about adds, it that way. Yeah. yeah. And that adds so much more to what could have been with this relationship between Zod and Kal-El. So. Yeah. I know this is from, from past episode, but just to kind of reference, you know, when he is going over showing him like, you know, what has happened to, to their planet and why he's here. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it didn't feel like blatantly manipulative to me the first time, even the second time I saw it, it, it definitely felt like I'm trying to show you what's going on and why, you know, it's important that you help in, you know, reconstructing our land and our people. And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of comes back here when it's like, not only is, is he defeated at this point, but there's just sadness and disappointment, like a tremendous Mm -hmm. amount of disappointment, you know, that, that, Cal didn't help him and didn't come back to, you know, his people, yeah. <laughs> your people, my people. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a bummer that we just, not a bummer, but if, what was it? We said if we didn't have the Liquid Geo explanation on the scout ship, we wouldn't have deemed Zod like, oh yeah, that's the bad guy so early in the film. Oh yeah, because, yeah, yeah Jor-El says that. We could have gotten like a really good father- son kind of relationship from Cal and, and and Zod which again we're waiting for that comic book but yeah the <laughs> the others like the alternative story where it's like General Zod shows up uh and explains everything to Cal before Jor-El does yeah. and kind of like puts him under his wing and then we get like kind of uh a misguided Superman mm-hmm. instead of I don't want like him to turn into a straight up evil Superman, but like just a misguided one who thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's actually not doing the right thing. Yeah. So that would been really cool. Uh, interesting take. Um, but yeah, but but you still, nonetheless, right now you're still feeling bad for him. And I was curious if, if we were, if it was supposed to be saved until all the way at this point of the movie, like towards the end where like, we're supposed to actually be like, Oh yeah, I guess he was right. Like at this point, I think, Obviously, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, it all builds towards that. When I was looking at, when I was doing research for yesterday's minute, I had Spotify open and I was listening through the the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And this, I I'm not even lying. I didn't do this on purpose. It like I was looking at this minute. I was taking notes for it, uh, and the the track "Flight" was playing behind it, mm. which is Superman's like most like grandiose you know uh excerpt from the film but it was playing behind this and i was like oh my god it like almost makes it sound like he's giving a more heroic speech and not an ominous one i was like wow that really changes things it was the weirdest thing i even actually like tried making it happen again but i couldn't really line it up again (laughs) but i i I was like i was like i can kind of see like how it was really weird i wish i can get it just fixed maybe someone out there who does youtube videos put that track behind this speech and let's hear it that way and it, it really changes the whole mood yeah it sounds like he's about to do something heroic so it was pretty neat <laughs> that's the power of film music man it's 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 yeah another, oh, yeah it's another you know it's another character in the film it's another actor it's a whole nother language and it's yep. it's incredible how yeah you can mix and match any of those any of the cues in that soundtrack and with any scene and it just the whole purpose and meaning behind what you are seeing completely changes oh yeah that's crazy definitely um wow i 
I didn't think we were gonna get through this minute so quick. Did you guys? I'm <laughs> sure you guys have more to talk about, or? Oh yeah, it keeps on going on. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Like again, I just can't stress how how powerful this this monologue was. I feel like we have a video saved somewhere on Instagram from somebody posted it. I think we shared it back and forth between you and me, Mark. Where where it is just this. I'm gonna pull it up. I don't want to pull it up. What are you talking about? This minute. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like months ago. Like we found it. What about it? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I saved it. I saved it because I like it so much, man. Don't, come on, don't think too much into what I say. End the show. Oh, I don't. Ever. <laughs> Riley, did you have anything left for this minute? Um, well, it's definitely gearing up towards a pretty big, well, the, the very last, the very last shot. What did, what did you, what did you guys say about, uh, sh- shoulder? He tightened bro- shoulder charge. Tightened, yeah. 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 Destiny move. <laughs> Titan bash or whatever. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, just straight up like he he goes and he like again, I just always love that groundbreaking like I don't know if it's because I was always so into like just seeing like Dragon Ball Z like things just ground blow up whenever someone uses like a, you know, exerts force, but again, like he Does that happen in this one? Yeah, doesn't it? He the collision no. no, not the collision. He okay. takes off. Okay, it's just yeah. like the ground behind Zod is just like oh, destroyed, yeah. crater. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It is, uh, this is, uh, this is the start of the final, uh, I guess the final event. Like, this is like, this is the, this is the boss this battle, quote unquote, of this film. Um, this Arguably the most controversial. Controversial? 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 Shush. It's like a shot. It's, there's almost Sean Connery in there. Contra Sean Connery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but yeah, this is we're getting we're getting into the old uh, uh, meat and potatoes, if you will. Boil them, mash them. Different show. Different show. Uh, cool. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up for today, and then we'll. Uh, catch you guys tomorrow and uh, definitely check us out on all social media you can find us at DCEU Minute you can find us on TooOldMedia.com you can also uh, join our Facebook group the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society we can all chat about uh, we talk about the minutes there we have uh, our listeners who ask us questions about what's going on or like we kind of I don't know. We talk theories up and see why why was this done this way and stuff. So it's really cool, really cool group to join in. Um, all our past guests are are on there, and as I said, our listeners as well. So it's a cool little little Facebook group that we have. And definitely check out uh, Rose Drive Podcast. Correct? That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. We're not quite out yet. We're still uh, we're tr- we're trying to we're trying to get ahead of schedule before we launch episode one. But all our social media is up there. Facebook. Instagram. You can listen to all of our teasers on Facebook and SoundCloud, all at Rose Drive Podcast. Again, it's a serialized audio drama, hopefully like something that's you haven't heard yet. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be pretty dark, but uh, it's good. People, it's good. Pe- people seem to like dark, so that's true. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, cool. Get hype. I'm hyped. Yeah. You- Check me out. I'm hyped. I'm looking at it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.